welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are actually doing a 2020 new release. It is not released in theaters, though. It was supposed to be. And that is Michael Showalter's The Lovebirds. This reunites him with his big six star, Kumail Nanjiani, as well as bringing in Issa Rae in what is probably both of their biggest movie roles to date. I would say, I mean, Kamel's the star of the big sick, but he shares a lot of that with Ray Romano and Zoe... Kazan. Kazan, the mom's name. Holly Hunter, yes. It's basically him and Issa Rae are in every scene of this movie. He, unfortunately, I think getting ahead of my opinion of the movie, did not seem to have a whole... Uh, does not have any official role in the um, writing of this movie like he did the big sick which I think was a really good movie with him and Showalter uh, working together. But this was sold to Netflix and was delayed like two months and came out this past weekend. It's the first theatrical release to end up on a streaming service. A couple more have been sold in the past few weeks, and we might see some more down the future, which means we get to see them and review them. But yeah, I guess I could kind of see why they sold it, because I imagine this movie was going to get bad reviews based on... My thoughts on the movie? I don't know. I just found it to be... and we're so, Since we're not used to this, we're going to do a spoiler-free section and then <laughs> jump in to do a spoiler section. You'll get to hear our audio bit for that. Have It's been a while. It's been a while. been a while. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. No, don't do it like him. Do it like Scott Ackerman. But yeah, I don't know. I found it just really kind of generic. I like my prediction that the trailer sold every bit that was good and not even that i think the movie the trailer just took away surprise (laughs) like it took away every kind of like what the fuck moment from the movie as well and we don't advocate watching trailers but that happens sometimes and some are better than others but i think this is one of the more egregious examples of a comedy trailer really selling the movie down the river about about two-thirds through the movie i realized Uh that you were right that like all the good stuff was in the trailers, and I was just like, "God damn it, Zach!" Ugh, no, <laughs> I think the third no. act did. Ha- I think the third act was my favorite part of the movie, maybe, and that was because the most stuff was hidden from yeah, that. Was any of it good? I mean, there was some. There was some. There was not. I mean, I don't know. It was eh, eh. I'm eh. Sounds like Ben's eh too. It, well, you're more eh than I am. I thought it was fine. It's a totally forgettable but mostly passable movie. Like it's Am I gonna say go out and go see it? No. Am I gonna say well, I mean like, no one could go out and see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's also like it feels it does it feels like and I hate saying this because there are some Netflix originals that I like, but this feels like your stereotypical just kind of quick to get out the door Netflix original despite it not being that so it's kind of fitting that it landed there i guess it's it's paint by number easy but i will say it does look better than the netflix movies uh you can tell this was a movie made by a studio and there was bigger budget and everything some artistic integrity to it and not just like many of the the netflix stuff that just feels like the cheapest cutting corners digital sheen that they can do at every turn. Um, there was a little bit of uh, filmmaking panache here. 
Though Showalter was has never been a um, known for his visual skills, John or Lauren. Um, yeah, I agree pretty much with both what you guys said. I feel like it's a problem. The film starts out like just making the two leads very combative, and so it's like I don't want to spend the rest of the movie with these people. So it had to overcome that. I will say, for the most mm-hmm. part, they did win me over. I did really enjoy Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae together. But it's like I spent the majority of the movie trying to remember the plot of Date Night, and that's probably a problem for this movie. (laughs) So it was fine, but it's very forgettable. I would trade, give me, put put Issa Rae and Steve Carell's part for Date Night and show me that movie. (laughs) I think that might be the better version of this movie. (laughs) Though I do like the guy, oh, I don't have his, I don't have anything up. Does anybody have, like, the cast up? Yeah. Who's the cop in the beginning who pops Paul up? Paul Sparks. Oh. The guy who was in House of you Cards, right? He's in Mustache. Mustache. Yeah. yeah, Paul Sparks. Paul Sparks. I love Paul Sparks whenever he pops up and stuff. And it, I kind of wonder if if some stuff got cut out, because I felt like Anna Camp and Kyle Bornheimer should have had more to yeah. do in this movie. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anything was edited out. I think that also was part of my problem. It just felt I really thrown together. Yeah. That's where I was like, oh yeah, he's really good in that. Yeah, he is. The they just yeah, like it just it was very very episodic and not a lot. The, like the thread was supposed to be their love mm-hmm. rekindling, but did it? I don't know. I never really bought into that, and I think like. Kumail's character is just terrible. Like, why would I want to spend time with this? He's just an asshole. I don't know. And then, like, when you find out, I guess it's a little spoilery, but what Issa Rae's character has been saying about him later on in the movie, it's just like, I don't buy that for a second. Like, I don't know. Not sure about those two. Yeah. It just feels like the like their relationship is really hard to believe. And it's like all this tension. It's like, yeah, understandably, because they don't, like, it doesn't make sense for them to get along. And then there's like the climax, and then it, it just doesn't work for me. Like it, that, their relationship, their chemistry is good. The relationship is not. I mean, the writing is just not great, and the film. Yeah, doesn't I don't feel like we really needed that conflict in the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't need them to be breaking up for the rest of the movie to work. Just make them a good couple and have hijinks ensue. Yeah, like uh, and I look back on a uh, game night, like. That's three different couples, really, and they're, I mean, there's no, like, thread of anything big like that, but it's just, it's just them being, like, snarky for, you know, two hours, and it's great. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be more interesting if it was, like, the third date, and this happened to them, you know, like. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a more interesting dynamic than. (laughs) It's like a first date. (laughs) (laughs) John? John, you're quiet over there. Yeah, I think, I mean. These are all interesting adjustments that could have been made, I think, for sure. I, I, I actually do appreciate the, the idea that maybe they're breaking up and then this kind of forces them to, like, communicate more or, like, understand what people, like, what each other's perception of each other actually is. Um, and that rekindles their romance or love of each other because i think that differentiates itself a little bit from date night and i think having an underlying relational tension to parallel with the con like the obvious conflict of 
all the criminal hijinks that are happening. I think that's I think that's interesting. It does make me laugh um, that this and the big sick both happened after a breakup. <laughs> yeah. I I think this movie for whatever reason though I really appreciate this movie and I think it's great because I think it showcases that a script like this you can really have the freedom to cast whoever you want as long as you're funny as long as the chemistry is good and I actually think the chemistry between Najiani and Ray is palpable and dynamic and thoroughly entertaining and i think that's great because i mean compared to date night where you have tina fey and steve carell who are awesome but like the token middle-aged white people of comedy um i think that's really I cool because <laughs> fair fair point um so i think well here's what i'll say about that though i think some of my students enjoy the office and know the office way more than they know anything will ferrell's in so i was very delighted to see a movie that could have easily casted two leading names um in comedy like i don't these are arguably two leading names in comedy well two leading names that were caucasian and maybe take a safe way that doesn't make the movie good i I appreciate that they like, did it. Yeah, it's there's no we we won't know the rewards it would have reaped if it was a bad movie and it made a ton of money. Like it's a win. We'll never know what how much yeah. money it would have made. Now I think it getting sent to Netflix actually kind of. I mean, it, it's going to be good for their data, but I think Netflix already knows that having a diverse cast is successful for them. It it, it I, I'm I'm glad the the stars are who they are. I I think they're both can be funny i think i enjoyed them but i i don't think that has any bearing on whether the movie was good or not yeah i don't i i don't know i just i i have a very i just i have a very deep appreciation of this film for that reason and yeah is it use or someone used the term paint by numbers for sure and this will definitely harken back to date night which was like also arguably not really that great of movie but like rested on the laurels of it's two leading actors. And if anything, for that sake, it's it's a good film. I don't know. Okay, so that's three mess, and uh, I like it. For the Lovebirds. You can watch it now on Netflix. Uh, does anybody have any non-spoilery thoughts before we jump into them? That's a no? Okay. How so do you guys feel you up, would do on... Um... <laughs> Shit, what's that movie? The Amazing Race? Oh, I would would be terrible. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like you said this. It felt like this movie was sponsored by The Amazing Race with how much they talk about it. That and like (laughs) joke stealing. A comedian, whoever wrote this movie, one of them is very upset about joke stealing, which is a legitimate (laughs) complaint. But it was like, Jesus, this joke is getting beaten into the ground. (laughs) I did appreciate not. No, I won't say that because it's spoilers. Never mind. (laughs) So. If you're interested, I'm not going to tell you not to flip it on Netflix. And if you're moderately bored, just do something else while you're watching it. Sadly, that seems to be the fate of this movie. Yeah, I don't see anybody or it'll be a background watch coming out for sure. Yeah, champ- championing it. Yeah, as the it has next very mediocre ratings. Looks like um, 58 which, Metascore. I think Letterbox is, is like 2.9 maybe. For the reasons, John, that it. 
it it did showcase these people, but mm-hmm. well, it showcased what they can do with like a weak story and pretty lackluster yeah. writing. It's like they 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 carry as much of this movie as they can, but it's yeah, it's like I don't so think much. it's a good movie, but I think they could get cast in other things based on this movie. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I would appreciate. The, the movie's not the movie's not good, not not good because of them. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I said, they won me over. <laughs> Before we go into spoilers, I just want to say there's one, there was one set of jokes that I really, I don't want to say like I didn't find them offensive, but I just found them to like be not funny and pretty judgmental. Um, but I can't really go into it until we go into spoilers. But okay, Ben can tell us how this movie. Wounded him when we go into spoilers. God damn it, that's not what I said! (laughs) Did it say something about Power Rangers? (laughs) Oh man, if it did. With that, we're gonna get into spoilers. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers! 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so, before you guys just keep making fun of me, let me get my shit out of the way here. Uh, the scene I'm talking about is where they break into the the bicycle's apartment, and they just see these, these dudes, like, making stuff, and they just start... I, I don't know. Are you a frat boy? <laughs> no! And that's... But I just... I don't... I don't like that they're, like, calling them, like, rapists when... There's no evidence. Yeah, I think like, they, they own up. To, they, they own up to that, though. Like, yeah, they, but she, but they play. Sorry they about still, after he's murdered. Yeah, and they <laughs> but they still played up for laughs, and I'm kind of like, I you know what? Uh, I wasn't I wasn't laughing during that. I was just like, uh, I think it was supposed to be a commentary on her, on like that liberal well, and bias that bro culture. And it, it might like, not have been executed perfectly, but I think. I think there was supposed to be a couple layers to that joke there. It wasn't just supposed to be, especially with how they followed it up with she feels sorry now that he's murdered for calling him those things. Yeah, but um, I don't think she would have felt bad if he hadn't been murdered. And it's like, well... She might not have, but that I think that's part of the joke, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't laughing at that either, Ben. I'm just saying I think that's what they were going for. Well, yeah. Uh, I just didn't find it particularly funny. Uh, the Brett Kavanaugh reference was good, though. I think I don't know. I feel like if I can chime in real quick, I think I think this is kind of like a a white fragility moment, Ben, because like, <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> I mean, like and that's not to like sp- like uh to specifically like poke at you because obviously I know your character in integrity, but I think I mean and especially coming from Issa Rae, uh, the female lead, like, like that's just the reality of, like, if you if you go to a college campus or something and you run into like a college guy, like the reality of like female experience is that you probably need to be like, like, worried yes, about John, like more how about you're the interacting. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to be an ally, Lauren. <laughs> but it's like, I had no... It's like, them being white didn't matter to me. But the problem was, like, they saw these dudes in outfits that, like... I know people who have worn outfits like that. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of bro-y and that. But I just... I don't know. Like, I... 
it just it it didn't feel like a funny joke is all like maybe i am being overly sensitive to this so i don't know but yeah i'm burning all are. my polo <laughs> shirts after this podcast you're what my polo shirts get burning <laughs> all of them you gotta pop the colors first <laughs> i i think I mean, it was more in the writing but i i don't i did not come around you guys said you came around on the characters i i i just thought Kumail's character was just pretty much insufferable see, from see they became the bearable to me after that first 10 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he kept doing the like making fun of her for you know like the explaining thing and like while i did enjoy like the mythbusters reference him just taking every moment to tell her how she's wrong just was like i get it why you broke up but like why did it last this long almost and they 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 allude to again to that they're they're they they're well past their expiration date based on the way they've been feeling yeah i don't know i didn't after that first like lauren said that first 10 minutes i was just kind of like yep i'm not you're not coming back from this one and i don't and and not saying it's unfair like I don't think she was, <laughs> she was maybe a little too into her phone, but is that really a horrible thing? Like, was that supposed to be as bad a characterization as being a little bit obsessed with her social media life supposed to be as bad as Kumail just being an asshole to her all the time? I don't, I don't know. Well, and I, it didn't seem like that, like they used it as, as motivation for like the first like that first fight mm -hmm. but it never really seems like a a big part of the of the interaction or their tension if it had come out a little bit more like throughout like if she was checking her phone like when they were like when they broke into bicycle's apartment or something then like it would have it would have seemed more earned and justified but it seemed just like they threw it out there at the beginning just to give something for him to not like about her like her superficiality was i i never quite believed yeah, that felt, we also find out that like we also find out that of. her her awareness of social norms and society are the reason she's great at her job like it's literally her job to know what's happening online and what people are thinking and feeling and she's successful at it so i don't know that seems weird any thoughts on that no. But yeah, I agree. She wasn't using her phone any more than like the average I'm person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there seemed to be like some like he is supposed to be snobby and like old school and but then they really don't do anything with that after the first and that's like John was kind of saying like yeah. It's all this setup for the breakup and then it none of it comes back at all other than to like, "Oh, I saw your documentary. It's great. You're awesome." Even though you're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, like he kind of, like, his insensitivity gets kind of explained away by his insecurity. But the hard part with that explanation or that motivation is that you have to, you have to show, excuse me, you have to sort of show some of that insecurity, right? Like, of course he's going to be kind of be playing it off and trying to act like he's not insecure and overcompensating for it. But then he just then he just looks like an asshole, and we don't know why he's being an asshole. And then, and the problem with that is, if you just like try to tack on to the end, oh, he, but he's just insecure of himself. Like, well, like that's not earned. It's not justified for sure. 
Um, but even if he is insecure, that doesn't mean he can act that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't, yeah. but it, it provides, like, motivation, though. He seems extremely confident in their first date montage we get to start the film. Yeah, but then no, that, she must well, have gotten a new co-worker who was also attractive. <laughs> yeah, I don't that, yeah. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's it's how his insecurity, with, like, for whatever reason, it's irrational and it doesn't make sense, but he is still unsure of, like, his standing with her. And it has to take her saying, no, I actually, like, think you're, like, super accomplished and, like, you, you're capable of good things. Like, it takes her saying that for him to, like, fully believe it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of know. guys like yeah. that. And she never would have said that, like that over their four-year relationship. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel I mean, like... I haven't been in a relationship that long, so I, like... This is I don't my know. same complaint with normal people, by the way. But I don't buy... <laughs> It for I know Lauren's read the book through side conversations I've had with my wife that I didn't buy into the the amount of time that they've spent together. I think Ben's onto something. Like yes, I can understand pe- this is probably a thing that really happens, but in the movie it just all feels thrown on top of each other. You know, like I didn't buy that these people can't communicate. Well, I mean, with we each had other. two minutes to get into a deep relationship yeah. with them, so yeah. But part of me was happy when they ran into the biker dude because <laughs> the conversation they had was like cringe. Yeah, it was. Uh, like I, I was very I much not enjoying the movie. Or something. <laughs> I like how they added two extra rollovers of the cyclists, though. The trailer <laughs> yeah. showed like two, and he like he hit him and then backed up and over then got him. out. Yeah. I think there was like four. Yeah. There was like four to total in the the movie, which was good. And again, I mean, it's like when like that whole scene. That's probably the best scene in the movie, and then. They get out, and uh, that other couple shows up, and it's just like, you guys clearly yeah. killed this person. No, no, <laughs> I hit him with my car, but... And that whole scene's in the trailer, Yeah, basically. like, and then the other, I mean, the best, like you said, the best moments are all in the trailer, like that. Uh, the the Eyes Wide Shut scenario, mm-hmm. which... Eyes Wide Shut is a funnier movie than this movie, too, by the oh way. Oh, God. <laughs> but you know what that makes me think of? It's just... The dinner party, she leaves a um, vanilla envelope of, or manila envelope of um, photos. <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla envelope. <laughs> you gotta spritz it with you some perfume. But she leaves this envelope with her friend and tells her not to look at it. It's like, that's their nudes. It's like, of course she's gonna look at it, but that never comes back. Like, you'd think yeah, something would have gone wrong where it's like suddenly she got dragged into it because she knows about this, like, su- like, secret organization or whatever. But it's just like a bunch yeah. of random things happen that don't actually pay off in any way. And her, and her, like, her friend believing that she'd take dick pics. And then print that was them a good joke, though. Them, like, yeah, that was a great no, joke. Because no, I was thinking no the same questioning thing. Questioning that's just like, oh, okay, you know. It's like I don't think she, but I think Lauren's right. She was, she definitely opened that. Like that as soon thing. as Issa Rae was gone, she opened that envelope. <laughs> what was the name on the envelope? That was like Colonel something or something. That, that's what I call it. Was it was the name of the senator, wasn't yeah. it? Or someone? Yeah. I don't remember. Someone. Senator. She made, she made a good Senator sex joke like pushing or too. something like that. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> the fact that they don't. There's no good side characters in this. No. Like, if you're gonna do a movie like this where you get into a bunch of zany, zany things along the way, like you're just gonna be episodic, going from weird scenario to weird scenario. Like all of the weird scenarios were lacking. Like. Well, I mean, that dinner party wasn't a weird scenario. It was just a 
But I mean, th- but I mean, they didn't even take advantage of that. No, that ends didn't. up being a moment where they're they they make. They're, which I guess I appreciate. They make the relationship stronger mm-hmm. by the Keith dude being like, yeah, I'm not your threat. I also just like the idea that Keith brings his laptop to dinner parties. He's got his work back. You never um, know when you have to hack a cell phone. Like, But I don't know. I think like Anna Camp seemed out of her element a little bit. I didn't buy her as this. I think I, the only I, thing that threw me about her was she had such a thick accent compared to everyone else that didn't have any. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it like I don't even I mean I don't know US polit geo uh geography and cultural things but <laughs> like was that a Louisiana accent? I don't um, know. I don't um, I don't it depends where you are just like anything else. They have Cajun the accents, they have like just very generic also, accents. Like this like the whole the whole thing with the horse like was funny but it's in this it's like again it's in the trailer i'm like oh man how's this gonna play out in the movie it's like oh they just get kidnapped <laughs> okay. and go to a barn i guess like asking you guys would you legitimately rather have grease thrown on you than get kicked by a horse because hell no <laughs> yeah i like th- that was that was pretty unbelievable Wait, what are you saying hell no to getting getting grease thrown on me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. I feel like that that grease didn't look like bone. CGI to anyone else when she picked it up. I don't up. know. It looks so <laughs> weird. Getting kicked by a horse could kill you, I guess. Yeah. But getting the grease in your face is so like that. The grease melting your face yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, like that. You'd be like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and that's like yeah. a worse way to go. It's like when I saw that, I was like, oh man, I'm having like. <laughs> Rorschach prison flashback. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Jesus. Oh, oh. To go back to the, to the self, the best, like, payoff of that, that entire thing was the fact that the guy's, uh, password was one two three four. Oh, i know and yeah. they didn't even yeah. say anything about it at all but i noticed that and i was that was probably oh, my favorite joke notice. like non-joke but yeah also they get in a lift or an uber like eight times mm-hmm. this movie and they didn't have one zany lift driver like i'm like <laughs> yeah like the, the one opportunity who started singing firework with them at the end was kind of oh that was that was the worst scene in the movie it's it, like what is yeah, happening it's right like, now as soon as that started, I was like, "Oh shit, you guys! If you're gonna use firework in a comedy, you better you better come strong." Because yeah, the their musical choices has were put all that over in the my place. brain forever. <laughs> it's like they had semi charm kind of life in this or something. I'll send you. Yeah, semi charm. I'll send you the clip of the been interview, good. John. It is phenomenal. Um, the semi charm life joke would have worked better if Netflix didn't mix their, the 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 sound mix from Netflix stuff goes into my soundbar really weird so like background music is like not very audible so that really didn't hit as well as it could (laughs) now when it comes to firework i totally get wanting to sing to firework it's a great song to sing along to but that scene was terrible and just felt out of nowhere and yeah like Issa ray was great in the moment and she could sing (laughs) yeah it's like one of them can sing but like i don't buy that you're gonna have this magical moment with each other right now and it's it's like it's and it's like it builds up like oh man they're gonna have this big like and he's gonna belt out the lyrics and and then it just cuts to them like outside the car it's like oh yeah well that was incredibly disappointing okay but that kind of i disagree i think it kind of built up within the car Um, but you saying the stuff about like not having any memorable lift drivers it just made me think about like this movie was set in new orleans and like 
it's it's one of those cities where I feel like it's a very pointed choice that you need to have more character and like it's a place that I mean I've never been there it's probably very normal often but it's like in in the majority of people's minds it's built up to have this like huge culture and like mythos around the city that it felt like it needed to be more of a character than it was no very social people too and like would get into your business even though yeah. You know, like they didn't like run into one group of crowded drunk people, you know, it's well, like... there were the drunkards making out in the back, I guess. But yeah, that was the closest. Yeah. And then they it. just yeah. yelled at them. And it's like, oh, leave them, <laughs> leave them alone. Speaking of songs, though, this just reminded me of you quoting it. But at one point, someone said, is that blood on your face? And he said, and it's a big disgrace. That was the worst <laughs> joke ever. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I oh, got a I got a pretty right big chuckle out of that. It's like, it's I mean, it's clever, stupid, but it's one of those like, jokes that should have been cut, but someone loved it way too much not to cut it, even though it was just <laughs> like, so stupid. There's like one, one of the editors. I don't think it is clever. Like I think that's M&M the point guy. of it, No, it's right? one of those things that you write down and chuckle to yourself, but then it's like you tell no one because it's that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like that adds to the fact that, I mean, these people are just, they're clearly trying to figure out like they're they're the anti-straight people not like not that they're how am i trying to say this the straight men they're not straight men they're yeah exactly they're like story characters straight men they're they're bumbling idiots and they're just trying to like grasp at whatever they can so the fact that like a dad joke like that like slips out like that makes a lot of sense to me also the way they were acting during the eyes wide shut sequence is like why like I get they were going for laughs, but like they were talking there's way no too much. Way you would be acting that way. Like she wouldn't be trying to dance no. or be chatting up the orgy scene when everybody else is, free, you know, like that would just seem counterintuitive to. Though most of the things they do in the movie, yeah, are I mean, they were but. doing the opposite of trying to be like go stealth mode. They were bringing <laughs> so much attention to themselves in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the the bit where they did take the masks off, I feel like. I don't know. Like that was a great joke, yeah, ruined in the trip. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have just been looking around and seeing literally nobody else take off their masks first. <laughs> like I would have just been like, is it, uh, uh, "Do they know. know nothing about secret societies?" <laughs> Apparently, they haven't have they seen, not seen eyes wide, wide shut. shut? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody got any other thoughts on the lo- lo- what's this movie called? No, the the Lovebirds. <laughs> That's how forgettable it is. Yeah, there was absolutely no shock in the guy ending up actually being a cop. No. I don't know. It just felt very underwhelming the way it wrapped up. Yeah, and I feel like... that. I mean, that, that seemed like a playoff something else. Like, it might have been date night itself, but there was... I feel like the... A similar type of film where the cops end up being corrupt. Every single up, crime yeah. movie. I was going to say, cop cops cop. are always corrupt. <laughs> Except maybe Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The detective should have, like... You know, when you're being escorted home by a police officer, I feel like the detective would introduce you to who's escorting to you home. To the guy driving you. Yeah, and so we're missing this whole Oh, yeah, and they life. could have been like, hey, it's this dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's the guy who killed Bicycle. It's and- the vi- guy who is very conveniently pixelated in the photo, or like the imaging that we had of all the crime scenes and whatnot. I did enjoy that, though. Like the reveal, like, yeah, it was on video. We have cameras. We know it's yeah, not you. I did that enjoy was, that reveal. Yeah. Like, uh, that made sense. Like, logic came into play, and it kind of, it did make their illogical nonsense feel a little yeah, bit Yeah, but it was like, it went too well that you knew it wasn't going to last. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to do it for the lovebirds. Oh, yeah. 
a very, very, very soft recommendation as a whole here. John's bringing it up a little bit. I feel like if you even it out, it's probably just kind of like, eh. Like, go see it, I guess. I mean, I will say one positive for this movie is I now want to check out other Issa Rae stuff because I haven't watched a lot of her other, like, shows or movies or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Does she have an HBO show? I've been wanting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Insecure is supposedly excellent. Her story is amazing because that show is based off her YouTube series. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, she got famous through YouTube first and then HBO picked her up. Nice. Next week, we are watching, I believe, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes! Ben's pick. It's celebrating its 10th anniversary. Lauren was one of the first human beings to ever see this movie. Mm -hmm. So, that's Edgar Wright's third film. Came out in 2010. The adaptation of the Brian Lee O'Malley comic series. One of my... Ben and I did a whole podcast about the three films of the last 10 years from Edgar Wright. We did a breakdown for the website, too. There's tons of Scott Pilgrim content on our site, probably. But uh, yeah, a movie I've always really liked. And I'm sure we'll have a spirited discussion about the book adaptation. I believe John and I have already talked about that in some capacity in the past. Yeah. But Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Great, fun movie if you've never seen it. And, uh, yeah, are arguably the best video game movie of all time. We'll have that debate, even though it's not a video game, but it is. I don't know. I, I, I just I just want to I just want to go on record uh, a week early that I'm holding my tongue for a week about this and it will all be unleashed next Wednesday. <laughs> OK, OK. <laughs> Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middlerow.com. Rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Apparently, it helps people find it. And hey, you like us. Maybe other people will. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. You can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofroad.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. Come like a freak, so take